Welcome back, everyone. This is The Change Log. We're a member-supported blog, podcast, and weekly email that covers what's fresh and what's new in open source. Check out the blog at thechangelog.com, our past shows at 5by5.tv slash changelog, and subscribe to The Change Log Weekly. It's our weekly email covering everything that hits our open source radar. We ship it on Saturdays. You don't want to miss it. Subscribe at thechangelog.com slash weekly. And this is episode 113, and today's show is sponsored by DigitalOcean and TopTal. We'll tell you a bit more about TopTal here in just a bit later in the show, but uh, TopTal connects startups, businesses, and organizations to a growing network of elite engineers around the world. Check them out at TopTal, T-O-P-T-A-L.com. And DigitalOcean has been supporting us for quite a while. We love DigitalOcean. We're actually hosted on DigitalOcean right now which uh, I have to say is fantastic. And uh, we want you to get hosted on blazing fast digital SSD cloud servers today. They're a simple cloud hosting provider built for developers. You can easily create a new droplet, which is basically a server. And you get root access in 55 seconds. Literally, in 55 seconds, you will be shelled into your new machine. You get a choice of size, you know, so you, you want a large server, a small server, a lot of RAM, not a lot of RAM. Choose the region, whether it's New York or uh, Amsterdam or one of their other locations where they have data centers at. And also the flavor of OS. So no matter what it is, Arch Linux, Ubuntu, whatever your choice is, within 55 seconds, you'll have all that set up and you'll literally be SSH into that machine all through an easy-to-use dashboard. You can enable backups, take snapshots of your server, resize up or down as needed. And they are... And when I say they, DigitalOcean is optimized for developer user experience. They, I, I cannot stretch that enough that it is so easy and so pleasant to use. You've got to try it. Try DigitalOcean today for free. Use the promo code we have, changelog sent me. That's changelog sent me. When you sign up, you're going to enter your credit card information. And, and near that spot there, there's a spot where you can add that coupon code. Go ahead and pop it in there which will give you a $10 hosting credit or two months free if you're going with their lowest plan. Head to DigitalOcean.com right now to get started telling the changelog sent you. And we're joined by Charlie Robbins and Isaac Schluter. Charlie is the co-founder and CEO of Nojitsu. And Isaac, you're back again. You're the creator of NPM and the maintainer of Node.js. And I got to welcome... Charlie, you're the first time on the show, but uh, Isaac, you're back again. You were recently on, I think it was 101, I believe is what it was. Sounds about right. Sounds about right, yeah. We had you talking about, I guess, a little bit of burnout, a little bit of NPM history, some origins. And I, I guess part of this call here is kind of going deeper into the origins of of NPM and, and mostly around the registry. But uh, mm-hmm. before we dive deep into the show, let's do a quick round of introductions. Charlie, why don't you uh, introduce yourself real quick, bud? How's it going, everyone? Uh, I'm Charlie Robbins. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Nojitsu. Um in addition to running a platform as a service for Node.js, we also host the public NPM registry, which is why I'm here today to talk to you about that. And we also have an enterprise private NPM product to help your organization work better with NPM and Node. Awesome. And Isaac, I guess, do we have to announce who you are? Everybody might know, right? Well, just to be on the safe side yeah? and because okay. my head is big. You know, it keeps, <laughs> keeps, me, keeps my ego inflated. Um, I'm Isaac. I, I wrote NPM and I... Work on Node. I am currently a joint employee and um, been on the internet since there was an internet. And if you want to, for the listeners of this show who may not have listened to episode 101, uh, Isaac was on that show. We talked about the origins of NPM and, and some different details around that. And 
great show. Early days of road and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I would definitely encourage you either before or after this show. I'm not sure what matters really to you, but uh, go back and listen to that show for sure. But this is episode 113, so we're you know we're 12 episodes past that. So and and I guess a bit has gone on since then too. I mean that was. Let me check my uh, details here. So this, the date we did that show, Isaac, may be around the time that you guys have started to hear uh, some of the details of what we're going to discuss in this show. And the the main premise of this show, I guess it was kind of going to be, for lack of better terms, like a public service announcement. Like, you know, something's going on with the, with the registry. Y'all got something cool happening. You're announcing some news tomorrow. Today's Monday, by the way. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, you probably heard some, you know, some big news and you're jumping on board to help out. So... I guess, which one of you want to tee off what's going on? Uh, I guess I'll take the lead there because um, that has been what's keeping me up at night the last few weeks. Charlie, right? Because you guys sound a little similar. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is Charlie. Okay, cool. Charlie, you should, um, just just to help distinguish, you should talk in an exaggerated New Yorker accent. <laughs> there you hey, go. Hey, <laughs> I'm walking here. I'm going to talk about programming. That's right, because you're from the <laughs> East Coast, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, so is Isaac. Yeah. But, um, from Connecticut, been- you know, so it's... A little different. Yeah. Not very, though. Basically the same place for um, all you California people. Absolutely. It kind of. You know, New Jersey and Connecticut are the armpits to New York's brain. Uh, apologies to everyone from New Jersey and Connecticut, but I'm from New York. It's my obligation to make fun of you. We're, we're in a fight now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so getting to the serious things. Um, yeah, the, the registry has been having some stability issues over the last month. And uh, again, if, if this is Monday, but um, Tuesday, there will be a, a postmortem. And so at this point, if you're listening, you've probably already read it. And we've put a lot of time and effort into figuring out what root cause was. And we haven't quite gotten there, but we do know the solution, which is it needs more resources. And uh, we actually have been uh, hosting the registry for about the last six months since we acquired Iris Couch, and they've been hosting it forever. Um, and Isaac will probably talk a little bit more about that later. But what we need right now is more resources. And we do this completely as a community service. Uh, We don't take any money from anyone for it. And what we're looking to do today is we're starting a crowdfunding campaign for NPM so that we can keep it running and keep it awesome. And so we're asking individuals and organizations to reach out. Uh, The website is scalenpm.org. You can check it out now. And I think that's officially the end of my... um, Shtick. So I'll I'll pass it back to you, Adam. Well, I want to touch on one thing. Maybe we can go deeper into this, but uh, you'd mentioned organizations as well as people can kind of play a part in this. So I'd noticed that I've got uh, early access to this, you know, I guess non-public version yet since it's Monday, not Tuesday yet. So I see some some logos there. Are those real logos or those fake for now? Uh, no, those are those are real logos. Okay. Um, those those people have committed, and uh, we're excited to have them as launch partners. Um. We are, we are waiting to get the final acts from one of them, so I'm going to hold off the talk tomorrow so anybody hearing uh, will be like, oh, what are they talking about? That's on the website. Right. And when we talk about this crowdfunding, um, th- this isn't new, right? I mean this is something that – I mean there's Kickstarter, so this isn't like new things. But when Andrew and I talked a little bit earlier about this because you know, Andrew, if you all noticed that Andrew's not on the show – uh, he couldn't make it today, so I had to fly a solo myself. But um, we talked quickly about this, and he was like, "This is really neat." I mean, doing this, I mean, getting the community behind NPM, and even like your branding around, like you are NPM, and that's the community, right? Like 
you're doing this as a public service, you know, you, Charlie, and Nojitsu and the service you're doing there. And Isaac, obviously you wrote it and have been working really hard to lift up the community. But, you know, it's really a community thing. Like there's so much new stuff happening that's distributed through NPM. It's crazy. I mean, and that's kind of why you're in this boat today. Yeah, file this under good problems, right, Isaac? I, I, I don't actually think there are any such thing as good problems. Um, it's, it's a problem that, has, that indicates that we're doing something right, but it, it's a problem because we're not doing everything right, right? And, uh, you know, the, the bottom line is we need more resources to, get the, uh, to, to make the NPM registry stay up and stay good. So um, that has to come from somewhere. So we're asking people to, uh, to help out. Can we rewind a bit, though, and, and maybe kind of talk about the early days of, of the NPM registry and what that liked and, and kind of how we got to maybe a year ago? So um, the the original – the first pass at, at the registry, which was um, very, very – a very simple version of what's up there right now, was actually written by um, by Michael Rogers when he worked at Couch.io, which later became Couch One and then – merged with Membase and became Couchbase. When that happened, um, and so when they were Couch One, I believe, um, they took on hosting of the NPM registry without, uh, just as a, as a community service. And that was um, when, when Iris Couch spun off from uh, Couch One under uh, Jason Smith, being run by Jason Smith and Jeff Jackson. Um, they continued to run the NPM registry uh, and actually developed a um, Iris NPM product, and kind of the 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 handshake agreement was, you know, you keep running the registry and keep not charging me, and you know, selling NPM registries is the you know way that can potentially fund this, um, and you know that's kind of where we left it uh, after uh, after a bit of time, uh, they they merged with uh, with Nojitsu or. Uh, Purchased by Nojitsu, Iris Couch was purchased by Nojitsu, and um, so now Nojitsu is selling um, on-prem NPM registry clones, and um, also providing hosting for the uh, the public NPM registry as a community service. The interesting thing is that this year in 2013, we've experienced 10x growth in most metrics, and in fact, more than that in some. Uh, the the number of downloads per per month just as one rough metric of um, of activity and size the number of downloads per month has gone from about thirteen million per month to you know well over a hundred million per month so basically we're at this point where the you know the money to continue providing this hosting is not growing quite as quickly as the costs of providing this hosting. And so the the thought then, I mean, if I'm reading through the details right, it sounds like uh, Charlie on your side to, I mean, obviously you want to do something good. You're part of the, you're, you're obviously invested in Node, right? I mean, that's clear with the business name and what you do is is that's evident, right? But to fund that, you've got uh, like a private enterprise on premise npm. That's one thing, and then you've also got npm registry that you can also install. Is that is that right? So it is an enterprise product that provides some features that you don't really get with um, even a vanilla clone of the public registry. So one of the things that uh, we get as the 
host of the public registry is we have all of the um, hashed passwords. Um, obviously, we're never going to release those, and they're kept in a very secure manner. But one thing we can do is replicate specific ones of those to our customers' private NPMs. So that means that your company, when you tell someone to point to a new registry, they don't have to sign up again. They don't mm-hmm. have to go through that experience. They can use the same NPM credentials that they have for the public registry on their private registry. Smart. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, there's some additional policy-based things where you only want to have a subset of the registry or you want to know which packages are yours that are private. Um, those sorts of higher-level, large organization problems. And so I, I guess if I'm understanding this right, uh, Isaac, you'd mentioned that that part of it isn't quite moving as fast enough to keep up with the demands to, one, labor, servers, just in general, the resources necessary to keep the NPM registry to its you know maximum potential keeping up time, right? And that's we've kind of gotten to this point now where we don't have enough man hours and enough servers to kind of go around to make it as, uh, as responsive as it needs to be. Right, exactly. And in addition to that, um, you know, what also comes along with 10x growth, in addition to, you know, additional uh, uh, resource utilization and so on, is that there's more people depending on it. So, uh, you know, a smaller hiccup of, of service has a much bigger impact on a much bigger number of people. Whereas previously, you know, if the NPM registry did go down for a few minutes, chances are nobody would get bothered with it because, you know, that's just like statistics. Um, whereas now, I mean, even even relatively minor outages end up impacting a lot of people, calling their causing their builds to break, and you you, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of impact from that now. Yeah, I've been noticing on the NPMJS Twitter handle too. Uh, is it the, you that run that, or is it um, you, Charlie, you, Isaac, and one other person? Isn't that right? NPM the NPM Twitter handle um, is NPM. Yeah, I mean, didn't it's self aware. I mean, we yeah, just service so, it. <laughs> yeah, we're just helping it out. I mean, that's I don't I don't really know. I don't really understand your question. Oh, like who is behind it? Cuz what I was going to say was that I've seen lately, you know, kind of responding back to so, you know, certain people and saying, "Okay, you've got an issue here. There's a package here we're working on that." And there's issues being obviously filed against the the GitHub issue uh database and so you're playing, I guess, triage and support to the community through Twitter and there's, you know, over the last few weeks you've had some some scenarios where you've had to, you know, kind of look at what's going on and, and apply some fixes. I was trying to figure out who who runs it. I was trying to key off that, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess the uh, <laughs> wasn't sure who's doing the talking. I, I, was being, I was being slightly tongue in cheek. The the npm uh, Twitter account is the 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 character of npm and um, npm yeah. loves you. npm loves more you. So, much more than any of us do. That's for for damn sure. <laughs> Uh, I see. I see. Uh, I'm not really sure to go where to go with that one, but so we got <laughs> we got a. It's, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like when my mom was Santa Claus. Like she, right? You know, she, she really asserted Santa. that Santa Claus really existed because he's an important part of her psyche. Right. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So we've got a crowdfunding goal of two hundred thousand dollars. Um. I guess you probably expect this question, but what does the money get used for since we're talking about resources? So we expect um, the, the server bills for NPM right now are about ten grand a month, um, and that's actually probably going to grow a little bit as we start to move off some additional things um, 
because on those servers, we just really can't do anything that's IO intensive anymore. Um, for example, uh, when we tweet out the statistics of NPM every month, those used to be crunched from log files that sit on those servers, on those servers. Can't do that anymore. We need to have a separate log server that all of that IO gets done on. We need to have a hot spare that's in continuous replication, not just in case there's a crash, but in case um, the disk size continues to grow the way that it's been growing over the last few weeks. Uh, so we have to regularly start running compaction on CouchDB to keep that disk size down because from a CouchDB uh, perspective, and that this is sort of an interesting story, um, the outage on November 13th where we actually switched over to multi-master, Jason and I were in Vancouver to go to CouchConf. Mm. So, so we woke up to go to a CouchDB conference with CouchDB falling over and with a room of CouchDB core committers, nobody really knew what was going on because the, the attachments were never really meant to be 99.97% of all bytes in the database, which is basically what you get in NPM. So we just run into these really strange scenarios that um, you just don't see anywhere else. So we, we can throw more hardware at it for now, and it works just fine. Um, and then, you know, Isaac is leading the charge on uh, refactoring things to get those out of the out of the registry and into a CDN somewhere. And you mentioned, I guess, a bit earlier that your your hope is that this fundraiser is more of like a shim for now. It's not a long term solution. It's more of like a here's how the community can help give back to keeping NPM up uh, or keeping the registry up and, and things going smoothly or at least having a a plan to do that, at least monetarily. And then the hope is that the private enterprise NPM product later on will help facilitate that through, you know, Node being able to or Node Jitsu being able to um, get that product out there and be sustainable to supply the needed funds to run it. Absolutely. Uh, we've done some sales of our private NPM products so far. Um, that's really starting to scale up. And I think by this time next year, it's going to be a completely sustainable business. Um, and we'll be able to provide this you know, service to the community uh, the way that we've been doing uh, up until now. What type of, um, I guess, who is it that uses? What kind of scenario is, is can you best paint that would use this private enterprise NPM registry? I like to paint it in the way that we used it at Nojitsu because we've had um, the most, all of the NPM use cases, we've had them. So all of our stack is Node. So we want to encourage this same idea of modularity and innovation through modularity in the organization so that um, one of our engineers can say, I want to write a module to do X that's sort of internal, something that wraps our API in some unique way. They can name it, publish it to the private NPM, and feel that same sense of ownership that they have in their open source code. Uh, at the same time, we also run a platform-as-a-service product that runs uh, in a different data center than the NPM registry. I would say that basically all uh, platform-as-a-service products run in a different data center than the NPM registry, which is SoftLayer US East. And so we run a full replica of the public registry in Joyant's US East data center to remove downtime uh, in case the public registry does go down. And then also to reduce latency because all of those uh, package gets are going over the local internet and not going out to the public internet. So any gamut of, of those things there um, could be helpful. So if you're having 
use Node, um, be you Rackspace or Joint or Heroku or any of those types of companies running a public replica in the same way that they run apt or yum replicas is super valuable. And for private organizations, it's a way to scale and distribute the workload of your Node.js code base in an organic way throughout your organization, the same way that it's distributed organically throughout the Node community itself. So I guess with the enterprise piece, this is assuming that a lot more people are in the enterprise are picking up Node and using it in, in ways that their their organizations are going to use this and want to publish private um, packages to be able to serve and and that's kind of hinged on that fact too. Is that growth still going the direction you guys want to see it go? Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the way that things are going. I think that uh, if you look at how NPM is being picked up and how Node is being picked up at companies like Yahoo and Walmart, um, you know, they are using it internally to manage their dependencies. And um, this kind of a, a enterprise product makes it a lot easier and more accessible for more companies to do that. You know, like a, a Yahoo will probably just hire the, the people that they need to manage that in-house, but they're gigantic. And there's a lot of companies that are a little bit smaller or, um, you know, even if they are of the same size, they have, you know, a little bit less of a, a you know, DevOps culture. Right. And I think, you know, for example, uh, Walmart is, is a perfect example of that. They have um, a lot of technical work that they're doing in Node. They have a big, you know, several teams that want to share code and interoperate and NPM makes that extremely easy to do. So as long as they can remove themselves from the, um, you know, from any impact of the public registry having any problems, it it makes a lot of sense for them on that, you know, from like a a safety net point of view, but also they want to be able to publish code that, you know, just publish to other teams inside their own firewall and, be very strict about which programs they allow their developers to to pull in. So, for example, they can have license auditing or, you know, even security reviews and so forth. And that's not something that we're likely to add anytime soon to the public registry. So having that, uh, but, it, but it's a big feature for um, for enterprises who are using NPM internally. You know, we, uh, we have this weekly email we send out and just talking about Walmart, we linked out to something on the joint uh i think it's their i think it's the blog but it was a video and it was this fella named uh aaron, aaron hammer. hammer yeah is, a- how do you say it aaron aaron okay aaron. sorry yeah yeah and uh i was like you know my eyes are glazing over it and obviously at some points but i'm like you know the billion dollar question which is how you how more how walmart's using um how walmart's using node and the node platform i mean those are big companies and but how are the i guess not Walmarts and not Yahoo's, or are there just a lot more Walmarts and Yahoos we don't know about that that uh, will utilize an enterprise system that will pick this up and, and, and use it the way we think they should be using it? Well, I mean, what we're seeing is that Node is becoming kind of the the de facto place for the de facto platform for doing a lot of these kinds of uh, kinds of tasks um, that are extremely data intensive and and you know need to do a lot of I/O and kind of be this, this sort of central hub middle layer. Um, and you know, Condé Nast is uh, is using it. The Wall Street Journal, the uh, New York Times, um, you know, lots and lots of them. If you go to uh, nodejs.org/industry, that's actually that's a pretty small subset, in fact, of the the companies that are using Node in a in a really big way. And there's some really well uh, well known names there on that list. 
basically th- those are just the subset of, that have noticed this page and decided to send me a pull rec to uh, to put them on it. So you know, it's there's a step to get on this page, and we have honestly no clue um, how many people are using Node or exactly what they're using it for, just because that's you know the nature of open source. But uh, being at Joint and um, you know, getting involved in in some production issues and uh, uh, things that come up with our customers. I mean, yeah, Node is Node is very big in, at a lot of companies that are of the similar size to uh, to Walmart. I think Walmart's probably one of the biggest. They're one of the biggest companies, period. Right. Yeah. But there's a lot of companies that that have a need for um, for you know internal NPM services and and have the money to pay for it. So I guess this has been a kind of maybe a 12-minute rant or so on whether or not uh, – I guess the the core crux of the question was, you know, do you guys both truly believe that – and obviously, you know, Nojitsu and Charlie, you do because you've, you're building this product. But, you know, is is the private side of this going to be able in the future to sustain it? I mean, so that's that's the goal. And how – you think it's a year away from that or what is uh, what are the challenges to get there? I think we actually could be as close as six months away from that. Um, the challenge for us is really streamlining the the process here. And right now, the the big blocker for us is that um, the registry is quite large, and so moving that around for customers is something that can't be done in a please enter your your login um, and your credit card, and here's an npm registry for you without expending. Um, a large amount of resources because we need to copy over uh, roughly a hundred gigabytes to a new server when that happens, and so that's a, a function of um, really the, the disk I/O that CouchDB needs. We can't put that on, say, an EBS volume uh, or a uh, some sort of network storage of some kind uh, because that is just not fast enough. Couch sort of tends to get behind itself uh, or ahead of itself with these reads and writes um, when the disk I.O. is not fast enough. So we have a process now where someone can sign up and we can get something provisioned within 48, generally 24 hours, but making that easier and getting those those sales done faster is our main focus right now on that product. Well, let's pause for a minute and give a shout-out to our sponsor, TopTow. They'll be sponsoring the show for another month, so good news there, and certainly appreciate the support of TopTal to the show. Uh, I've, I've been talking to Brendan, uh, their co-founder and CTO, and I, I kind of mentioned before that I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but you know, since then, Brendan and I have had a number of conversations, and he, it's kind of really helped me understand what their mission is. And I got to say, these guys are the real deal. They're they're engineers themselves. You know, they built the entire company around engineering from top to bottom. They're not non-technical recruiters trying to pimp developers, for lack of better terms. They're a network of elite engineers from all around the world who work with some really awesome clients. And for those of you out there who are freelancing or like to test out freelancing, you got to check out TopTal. Uh, you can work on special projects with companies like Airbnb, Artsy, IDEO, and many others. You can work remotely <laughs> or on a beach, which is uh, which is always fun, or anywhere in the world. And to get started, you just got to go to toptal.com slash developer and click join the best. And because they want to work with only the best senior engineers out there, you've got uh, they've got a well-thought-out four-stage screening process that they that they use that begins with a personal Skype conversation. They get to know who you are. They introduce you to TopTal and kind of help you understand what their mission is and see if you're a fit. 
And from end to end, the entire screening process includes an English-speaking test, a timed algorithm test, technical interviews with core TopTal engineers, as well as a test project. And once you've made it through the screening process, the sky is the limit. And if you think you have what it takes, head to TopTal.com slash developer to get started. Tell them the changelog sent you. Isaac, I know you kind of touched a little bit earlier on like the early versions of it, but uh, you know, can you kind of give me for those out there who would totally be interested in this part? I, I certainly am. But uh, how does npm currently work? Like, what is the current setup, and when we get these funds and this crowdfunding is successful, which it's going to be because I know you guys are awesome. So this is community's going to love this, but totally going to support it. But you know, when we get to the next version of it, how how does it work now, and how is it going to work when when we get fully funded for this, uh, this fundraiser. So, um, in a nutshell, the NPM registry is a couch DB, um, with a little bit of, a uh, little bit of rewrite action, you know, kind of pointing at certain like shows and views and such. Um, when you, uh, when you publish a package that's doing a put into the couch DB and, uh, there's a bunch of rules that, you know, make sure that it, it's, following a few basic guidelines and, and whatnot and not doing anything uh, insecure set up in the validate doc update function. There's also um, the actual tarball, which contains the contents of the package, and then that's added as an attachment on the document. So there's one document per package, which has like little, like a versions, um, versions object that has the individual package.json data for each published version, and then also has a, uh, a tarball as an attachment. So the problem is that CouchDB is good at handling attachments, but it's not great at handling as much attachment load as we've put into it. Um, and we, we've kind of reached well past the, the breaking point of, of what this database is actually good for. What it's great for is storing um, JSON blobs and doing MapReduce over them. Like CouchDB actually... Totally, totally is great for that, and, and you know they also have like really nice RESTful APIs, really, which is obviously a big win when you're, um, you know, when you're when you're doing stuff with Node, which you know npm is a, a just a Node program. So, what the plan is is um, one thing that I've been kind of working on as a, a sort of side project, thinking about and not really gotten too serious about until relatively recently, um, is this project of taking all of the attachments out. <clears throat> Excuse me, and putting them into uh, Joyant's uh, cloud hosting service called Manta. So this gives us a number of benefits. Um, first and foremost, if we can, uh, if we have all of the attachments in one place, it's very easy to make that the origin server for a CDN network. Um, we have a, I have an offer from uh, Max CDN to um, provide free CDN services. Uh, in exchange for you know a little bit of like link love and and so on, and so that's that's going to be really awesome. But in order to do that, we need to get everything in it as, as the uh, you know with behind the the or at a, a single origin server URL, so we can say okay, map this path to this path in the CDN. So I've been working on um, the process to make sure that we can get things out of there. But what we can't do is we can't go through and replace everybody's npm client overnight. So any changes that we make to the actual client application have to be done and then published with a, uh, with a node release. And then, you know, we need to sit on it for like six months 
wait for the request to the old URL to kind of taper off. It's just like very, very long process. Right. So uh, what I've been trying to figure out how to do is basically how to move forward with this without, um, without breaking backwards compatibility at our, our API layer. So um, what we've done is, or what I'm planning on doing is once I get everything moved into Manta, there's already kind of a first pass of this when we uh, banged on it a little bit and found a few problems and kind of circling back and, and updating some of that stuff. Um, once, uh, once that's in place, the, uh, uh, the URL that tells the URL in the metadata of the couch DB that, uh, that tells the NPM client where to go download the, uh, the tarball from basically each time it gets an update from couch, it's going to take that tarball, put it into Manta where it's behind the CDN and then change the, the URL to point to the CDN URL rather than the, the direct CouchDB URL. Once we do that, then there's a couple of options that we have. Um, newer NPM clients already know how to interpret this. There's a, I don't know if you want to call it a bug. It was actually an early workaround for a bug that no longer exists, but like, you know, that's how it goes with code. Um, there is a, a shortcoming of the previous versions of the NPM client where it will always try to fetch the tarball from the same um, from the same registry host, no matter what. So we need to do some other magic, and we've kind of explored different ways that we can either modify CouchDB or uh, take some uh, liberties with the way that the npm registry Couch app works, such that it will still pull those attachments from um, from the CDN rather than from an attachment URL on the CouchDB. Once we're at that point, we can actually remo- start removing those attachments altogether. And now, um, and, and even before we remove them altogether, as long as those requests aren't coming in for them, it'll be a lot easier because um, there won't be as much disk I.O. And it seems like it's a lot of orchestration around this. I know that, I mean, it's nothing to compare to it, but just when you move a site from one server to another, there's a lot of orchestration around that. And this is like that times a million, right? Like it's, you know, everybody banging on... NPM, you know, either installing or deploying or, or, you know, pushing up their own packages. So how does the community, I guess, how, I mean, is this something that you need to orchestrate in some sort of like syncopated manner? Does, how, how do, how does the world fall in place to your plan here? Well, I, I think basically everything that we're planning on doing, we can do with, um, with little or no downtime. I mean, with something like NPM, if we do need to have some kind of downtime to restart a server or, or you know, change the way things operate, you really need to make sure that that counts. And so you kind of want to plan everything that you need to do and get it ready and then like minimize the downtime so you can be back up and serving requests right away. In this case, I don't think we'll even need that um, because of just the nature of the way that Couch operates. We already have two, um, two replicas that are in continual... Um, uh, peer-to-peer replication with one another, and then a load balancer in front of them. So, you know, we can start operating on one of them, either take it out of rotation and then do the thing and put it back in and, and so on. I mean, there shouldn't be any interruption of service throughout the way, throughout all of this. And in fact, most NPM users won't even notice that anything happens. Once the CDN starts being the target for all of those tarball downloads, um, Users in, you know, especially users in Southeast Asia and Australia will notice that things get quite a bit faster. But, um, you know, otherwise, for the most part, it should be it should be only increases in stability as we move forward. Just because I'm trying to really stay on on point with this one. But when you say clients, what you mean by that is like me at my computer 
either installing or pulling from npm, right? Yep. Okay. Just... Right. I mean, any anytime you type npm whatever on right. your command okay. line, and it has to go to the registry. So that's I mean that's a lot of applica- that's a lot of uh, different commands. But mostly, you're either you're either downloading metadata and looking at it, you're downloading tarballs and installing them, or you're pushing stuff up to the registry. So, um, yeah, all of those operations. Whenever I say npm client, I mean like the the program called npm. Which right, you right. Run. And so with, with that, you mentioned an update that has to happen for the client. So I guess. Uh, those who may not go and pull down the latest version of it whenever you kind of start to orchestrate this this plan here i mean is it uh how do you you know i guess if i don't upgrade or update my npm what happens to me well i mean for at least you know until everybody else also moves on you should be fine uh i i have a very strong feeling that like you know it's when people are using your program in production, it's kind of a dick move to to break it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and that that dramatically slows us down sometimes. Um, but on the plus side, you know, it means that things keep working for people and that they don't ever really notice. So, what we do is we we make whatever change we need to make in the client. I I usually set like a six month reminder on my calendar to revisit the the issue, and then. Uh, you know, we we take a look at it and and see if we're still getting requests to that old URL or or what have you. And if we can tell that it's uh, you know very very small percentage of users who will be impacted, we might just go ahead and make the change. And you know, okay, a couple of people have to upgrade. Um, but as long as they're at that point, they they have had ample opportunity, so it's it's not such a it's their own fault, right? Move on, right? Yeah, gotcha. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's their fault, but. Um, but it's reasonable to expect that if they haven't upgraded, at least it's easy enough for them to upgrade by this point. You know, there's there is a version of npm that works with their version of Node that has access to this new thing, and and so it's not an issue. I mean, we obviously see some of the reasons why it's important, but I want to hear from you guys. You know, what what is it that's important? Why the community steps up to support this? Like, you got this branding around that, like it's your npm. You know, you want to keep it up. You want to keep it fast. You know, what is what is the the importance, I guess, of the community stepping up to help support this effort of keeping npm running? Um, I'll, I'll jump in on there on that. Um, Isaac and I have actually talked about this a lot because the, you know, he has obviously very excited about this migration to Manta, as am I. But from a like standpoint as us as a company, um, that's actually a lot of like long ball labor costs that are hard to to ballpark. And it, it turns out actually the person who's most suited to do this work on the CouchDB side is Jason, our CTO. And so from our perspective, we have this thing that we run, which we're really happy to run, but we also have this product that we're building that also needs Jason's time. And so if we're going to prioritize his time to you know make that the thing that needs to get done and it takes priority over our product, um, we you know need to subsidize that in some way going forward, and that's where we say our costs are doubling, not just servers but labor to take us to the next order of magnitude. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the actual fundraiser itself. We talked a little bit earlier about the the goal that you have set, and like any crowdfunding, you've got many levels, and you've got the opportunity for not only individuals but also companies to take part in this, and you've got a couple that are on the site now, which we can't mention because we're not really sure if, if at least one of them is. So I'll just leave them both out the gate. But, um, you know, talk about how, I guess, maybe the last, when did this idea come about to to do a fundraiser to make this ever possible? Not just so much 
asking the, asking the community for their support, but you know, actually turning it into a crowdfunding with these levels and what you guys are doing with it. Um, so the the person who actually suggested this to me was it was actually at CouchDBConf. Um, what was that? Ten days ago, and it was I was on a call with uh, with Nuno Job, uh, who is uh, congratulations Nuno and Paula. They just had a baby. Um, he was talking with me, and we were talking about how the downtime was just taking up. It had literally sapped our whole week. And he had just said, "Look, you know, um, you should do something like what Travis did for their uh, crowdfunding campaign." So Travis CI ran a successful crowdfunding campaign in two thousand and. 12, I believe, um, or maybe it was through 2013, called the uh, org, And the parallels were, were really obvious there. Um, you have this thing that is deeply integrated into the community that people rely on and is also on its way to becoming a sustainable product. But, uh, you know, we need help to get there uh, just like they did. And I think they've done a lot with uh, the money that they raised last year. And so with those parallels in place, it just became obvious that this is what we need to do. And so we moved very, very quickly to get this out the door because we didn't want to lose the – or didn't want people to forget the pain that they felt when this happened. Because it's very easy um, with a service that you depend on to be mad at it when it's down and then just forget about that later on and then just be mad again later uh, when it goes down again without really thinking about – Okay, well, why did it go down in the first place? You know, is that uh, a symptom of a greater problem? Can that be prevented? And not in the way that um, you generally probably read postmortems for the services that you use, but in a holistic community way, because this service again is is not um, for profit in any way. I'm going to read a tweet I saw actually from Sven Lido. He's a, a hacker on uh, at. at at uh, at Hoodie, which was recently on the show, and also on Bauer, and, and uh, something he had tweeted—I don't know if it was actually from him or not. Maybe it was an overheard. Who knows? But he said, uh, "As a developer, I want super fast NPM. Everyone always. So you know, everyone wants it fast, right? They want it. They want it fast. They want it now. So that's that, that tends to be that. And I, I think you know, Charlie, you and I talked a couple of days ago, kind of prepping for this call, and I was just thinking, like, you know, as somebody in open source, right? You you know, you just expect the service to be there, but you forget, you know, what's behind it all. Like you guys just talked about this entire re-architecture that involves, you know, brand new, cool, blazing, awesome stuff from Joint and MaxCDN giving their support and all these different things you're having to do to orchestrate this stuff. And, you know, those who are using Grunt or Bauer, all these newer things that are kind of front-end tools that uh, – you know, maybe they're not they're not used to what a registry might be because some front end developers are kind of getting into using, you know, something like Ruby Gems would be like that's that might be newer to them. And they just think, oh, it's a service; it'll be there. But you know, all the while, you guys as a business have to support this thing, and you Isaac have to you know work really hard to you know deviate and and kind of coordinate things for the community to keep npm running well and fast. And it's it's tough. I mean, this is probably proof of that, right? Well, you know, big things are fun too. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, if you're going to have a hard problem, make it a fun hard problem, right? Um, so, I guess maybe some details quickly about. Uh, I don't know how important it is to mention some of the different goals you guys have, but the the entire overall goal is 
$200,000 you're trying to raise. The campaign is in 30 days. What happens, I guess, with the traditional crowdfunding? Like, let's say you don't fund the full 230 days. What What are some of the takeaways or changes that, you know, is there a, is it all or nothing? What's what? How is this crowdfunding uh, goal a little different than maybe others might have been? So we opted to go outside of, say, um, Kickstarter or Indiegogo because um, if we got 180 or 100, you know, that's still going to get us further along than we are now. And this is such an important public utility that we didn't want to be an all or nothing place, which is why this actually runs through. This is a totally custom uh, site that we've built at Nojitsu over the last week. Um, sort of coincided with uh, a new version of our billing system, which uh, makes doing this very, very easy. Uh, and considering that we're you know going to launch with a pretty significant um, portion of this already committed from companies, I'm feeling confident that we'll hit the goal. But that is obviously always a concern. And from our perspective, if we don't get there, we're going to do as much as we can with the money that we get. So you know, the registry costs will be subsidized that way. Um, the other important thing to to realize is that we're also a company, and that this. Um, when you play that, and this probably doesn't often get talked about on a, a show about open source, you talk about signaling um, when you when you do run a company. And this, even just the support that we've gotten now, is a very positive signal for what we're doing. And I think that that's going to be reflected in uh, how our business uh, operates and you know raises capital over the next six months. And that's the a big impetus for this is to really demonstrate to the community, the larger community, the larger investment community, and the larger software community, that there is something special going on here. And it's not just a lot of um, hand-waving and um, China market internet scale words getting thrown around. Since we're throwing around a couple words, I was thinking about something as I was driving around thinking about this call earlier in my day today. And I was thinking, if I had to tell somebody something, I'd just say, put your money where you put your packages. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. You didn't say it. It's not your marketing thing, but I was thinking that's pretty accurate. What do you think? <laughs> put your good, money where you put your packages. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good uh good slogan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, awesome. We, you know, please 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 don't put your money in NPM literally. Like <laughs> don't don't publish bitcoins. Yeah, don't do it that. Is, it is not secure for that. <laughs> we are not a bank. <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing that was on this page too, and I want to just point this out to those that are maybe at the page right now, just to kind of recap on the on the URL this is going to be at. And I want to ask you one question about this too. On, once I mention this, but the URL is scalenpm.org. But on that page, uh, about halfway down, where it says why is this important, um, I've been on this page. I don't know how long, maybe a half hour, I think, or couple hours. I don't know. Maybe I've had it sitting here. That's, I think it's like an hour. And since that hour's passed, there's been over a quarter million uh, packages downloaded. Like this thing is like, it's on fire. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, and that's one of the things that, you know, is really nice about the, the data statistics that we get um, is that we can go out and, and crunch that data and infer it um, that way. So what's behind the – I mean obviously a URL is URL, but what's the the uh, significance of scale NPM? I mean obviously you're scaling it, but why not just opt for a subdomain or something like that like uh, like love.travisci.org.com. I think it's .org for their, their open source. Uh, no comment. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> 
let's see. Uh, that's I think that's pretty much all I wanted to ask you guys. I guess about about what uh, what's happening here. I think it's just pretty neat that um, that you're doing this. And I think it's. I mean, anytime you get a chance to involve the community, I know that the community always ends up. Uh, you know, one being excited about what you're doing for, but then also just appreciating, um, you know, just appreciating the fact that you let them take part. So, I mean, even if it's five bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever it is, whatever you can afford to, uh, to support this, we definitely would love you to do that. That's why Isaac's on the show. That's why Charlie's on the show. That's why they're working really hard for this. So go to scale NPM, uh, org to, to check that out and, uh, and give your support. But, you know, a couple of traditional questions we ask on the show, which I don't think it's uh, a problem here. And Isaac, I know you asked, I answered a couple before, but if you weren't try I guess I'll ask this question for you, which is if you weren't, uh, I guess on this call with me right now and Isaac talking about this and you weren't building no jitsu, what would you be doing? Uh, if I wasn't building no jitsu, that's, the, that's, that's a big one. Um, cause I've been doing that for more than three years. Um, I would probably still be writing node software somewhere. I'd probably still be working on open source things. That's what drew me to node and to start Nojitsu in the first place. And I guess Isaac, if you weren't in, in the middle of this crowd fundraiser and doing what you're doing with node, I think you answered this a couple shows back, but has your answer changed? What else would you be doing? What was my answer last time? I don't, I don't remember even. Uh, I think you said you were going to be sailing. That's been a popular answer. No, 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 no. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have said that. I'm sure. I'm terrified of being out in the ocean. It will kill you. It's full of monsters. Right, well, make a new one up. What would you be doing? Uh, what would I be doing? Um, I don't know. I would probably be uh, going to yoga practice more, and um, I don't know. Maybe living somewhere warmer. I think in 101, you were talking about how it was kind of happenstance that you didn't have a job, and it was kind of like. You had this extra two or three months just kind of sitting there, and you're like, ah, I'll, I'll build something. So I guess maybe it'd be around that. Like if you'd never actually built NPM and never got into uh, Node and took over the maintainership of it. Yeah, I don't know how long I would have gone without a job, maybe a year or so, um, and then I would have run out of savings. And um, I don't know, probably gone back to Yahoo or something. Back to Yahoo. And uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty lucky as programmers, right? You could just go get a job whenever you want one. Uh, not, not a lot of people have that luxury. Yeah, that's, that's, that is absolutely true. I mean, yeah, that's totally true. Uh, the, the bad part about that is there's lots of jobs, not always lots of jobs you'd actually want to do. Sometimes there is. And, you know, maybe if you're you, you have, you know, better pick of the litter, but uh, not everybody has that, uh, that luxury. But um, how about Programmer Hero? Uh, Charlie, we'll let you go first. Who is your? Who would be somebody that was very impactful to you uh, over the course of your career, programming hero? Um, people have asked me this before. I don't have programming heroes. Um, uh, yeah, maybe I just somebody that's been important. I, on another show I do called Founders Talk, I'd ask somebody, you know, who's your founder hero? Who's been like a hero to you to help you get to where you are today? Um, I like scientists. I'm I'm big into that whole thing. Um, the sort of mountain of work that needs to be done to inch society forward just a little bit. And, uh, in, in that sense, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. I'm, you know, the, the big ones, Newton, uh, Einstein, those sorts of things, but people living, living heroes, I've never really identified with, with many. Hmm. Um, Newton was kind of a dick. 
He was he kind was, of a dick. He, he and he Leibniz totally really went into it. Yeah, but I mean, he had the oh yeah, no, way before way before Leibniz. I mean, he even um, you know he wrote more about the Bible than he did about physics or math or anything. Yeah, he was true. he was searching for Bible codes to try and like tell the future. That's see, I mean, that's uh, these are the things I learned when I hang out with Isaac. There you go. Um, and yeah, I don't know, Isaac. What about you? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we in our show notes we didn't have one for you last time, so I'm not sure if you didn't answer it. We didn't ask you, but there's nothing in the show notes. My programmer hero today, because um, I, I just recently had to patch his code, and, and I, I really liked the experience, is uh, Trent Mick. Trent Mick, who is a he's an employee here at Joint. He wrote Dash Dash, which is my new favorite uh, options parser for the command line. Not to check that out. Yeah, dash dash is super neat. Cool. Is it spelt out or is it literally like like underscore type thing? Dude, come on! Like you can't publish hyphen hyphen as an npm package name. <laughs> you can't. I don't know. I thought maybe you could. No way! It's got to start with a letter or number. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, no, it's spelled out d a s h d a s h. Got it. And is that Trent Mick or Nick? Trent Mick with a. Uh, M as in Movember. Gotcha. And it's it is Movember, isn't it? Are you are you, are you guys Movembering it? <laughs> no, um I I don't like mustaches. I think that you should just give money to prostate cancer research if that's what you want to do. Don't right. grow a mustache. It's disgusting. I I'll pay you ten bucks to not grow a mustache and you can give that to prostate cancer research. Oh boy, wow. I don't I no, I'm just kidding. I won't do <laughs> I was that. Gonna say, now everybody knows how to get an extra ten bucks. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there, um, and a lot of them have mustaches. But no, um, I, I am I am not. I I shave my face like a gentleman. Gotcha. Cool. Well, guys, I want to thank you for joining us today on the show. I definitely, um, you know, we as the change, I'll definitely want to support you however we can. Uh, it it's not quite the future yet, but tomorrow morning we have a post plan to help. Um, you know, obviously we'll post this uh, this podcast. Everyone's listened to as well, but we, you know, we want to support you however we can and. We think that uh, you should too, and you can go to scalempm.org to, um, uh, to to show your support. Uh, they said don't do it, but I say put your money where you put your packages. I mean, don't put your actual Bitcoin in there, but definitely help support this for sure. And for all of you, uh, you know, companies, corporations out there that are using Node that are listening to this, or someone who works there, um, you know, share share the uh, share the information upline to get. Get corporate sponsorship in there and uh, and make this thing happen. So, Isaac and Charlie, I definitely want to thank you for coming on the show today. I want to also shout out to our sponsors, DigitalOcean and TopTal. Um, something cool today um, that DigitalOcean just mentioned was a one-click uh, application for Doku. We had uh, we had Jeff Lindsay on the show a couple back. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I'll put that in the show notes. But super cool. There's a one-click install application. You can like. Boom! In one second, have a droplet with uh, with Doku on it already, and you can take advantage of our ten dollar hosting credit. Use the coupon code Changelog sent me. That's Changelog sent me uh, to to use that. You'll get a ten dollar hosting credit. Uh, and if you like to write tutorials, and you, uh, I just saw Jeff actually released a a community tutorial that went along with this. But if you're like Jeff and you want to write a tutorial for DigitalOcean. You can get paid 50 bucks to do that. We'll have links in the show notes for that as well. And it uh, doesn't matter where you live. If you want to email Barry at DigitalOcean.com, he will 
send you stickers, DigitalOcean stickers. So, so take advantage of that. But uh, you know, Isaac, you mentioned earlier about having the opportunity to work pretty much anywhere, and and our partner and, and uh, sponsor TopTal uh, is is uh, able to make that happen as well. You can join their team and a network of awesome people from anywhere in the world, and uh, and work anywhere basically. Uh, with TopTal, we, we mentioned how they do some pretty, pretty cool freelancing, but uh, you can go to TopTal.com slash developer to apply. And if you haven't yet, check out their TopTal uh, engineering blog, which ha- has been featured on the show before, as well as in our newsletter. But uh, TopTal.com slash blog for that. But guys, anything else you want to say before we make this a wrap? No, I'm, I'm really just looking forward to see uh, how this thing uh, plays out. You know, we've been, it's been a sort of, uh, whirlwind uh, since uh, CouchConf when this whole thing happened, and it's uh, exciting to see it wrap up this way. Yeah, it's. I like when you kind of get a problem and you kind of figure out how to solve it, and then you release it, and then it's solved, and it's like, wow, yay, we did it. You know, it's, it's that moment, or at least tomorrow's the, the beginning of that moment for you guys, right? So we're getting That's there. That's the idea. That is the idea. Well, f- fellas, thanks for uh, joining us on the show today. We certainly support you however we can. Uh, let's say goodbye. Take care. Thanks for having us.